Welcome to the Foreign Podcast. Just definitely does not, bro. We, we're in Texas. That's where we broadcast from, Texas. Great Dallas Fort Worth area. Foreign Podcast Studios. Or Washington, D.C. And that's our backup. That's our the backup, backup location. Yeah. And uh, we have aviation attorney legend Ian Art on for part two of 91.119 and this part two is certainly not because we got off tropic and uh hardly covered a lot of the main points while we did part one this is was totally planned in advance uh, we're always so organized we always stay on topic yeah so well mr boris i will say his intros are on point every time they are but then after that everything i already forgot his name and this dude's like Okay. No, I mean, I'm being facetious. But Thanks, I'm, No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Ian, welcome back to the program. Long time no talk to. Um, oh, it's great yeah, to be okay. back. It's been, what, it's been two weeks? <laughs> yeah, it's been a couple two weeks. A couple of weeks. Uh, wow, how time flies. It's weird because he's wearing the exact same stuff and so are we. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> I, we have minimal wardrobes. Yeah. 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 Very eco-conscious. Well, we, we have a uniform. You all sound a little bit more inebriated, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we pre-game for this one. Yeah. No. The, for some reason... It's all real time, man. For some reason, the second week in a series is always worse. It's always, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then, like, if there's a third week in the same... It's, okay. You know? I guess... I don't know what you'd call it, but it gets really blurry. 91.119er. Through the niner in front of Mr. Niner. Thank you. Thank Minimum you. safe altitudes, general. Um, except when necessary for takeoff and landing, blah, blah, blah. We've already read that part one. There's some nuances here. An altitude allowing if a power unit fails, an emergency landing without undue hazards to persons or property on the surface. That would be a, some skill level brought into that. Has that ever been... Or altitude. Has that... Their point aspect of it ever been tried where the, the pilot's skill level is brought into play? Well, um, that you know, yeah. of, obviously, you know, like, well, in a sense, you know, right? It, in, so you're telling me I have a chance, you don't know GPT. everything, but you know a lot. <laughs> it's, yeah, <laughs> so, um, we can actually look at you know, we were talking about the Palmer case two weeks ago, and uh, it's the spirit, you, yeah, uh. What, that was one of the things that came into play there too, right? I mean, so the FAA alleged two different violations of 91119, 91119A and 91119C, I believe. In the A context, right, it comes down to your skill and experience is, is a major factor in that. And I think, if I'm not mistaken in that case, the FAA's expert said that Trent, that Trent didn't have the requisite level of experience to you know, avoid undue hazard to people or property on the ground if there was a failure, right? And in that case, you know, I mean, and that's where we can debate all day about whether or not that was an accurate depiction or not. And at the end of the day, I don't think the law judge gave that expert much credence as far as that goes. So, but it's it's definitely relevant. Okay. Because... Your experience, I, watched, that is, yeah. I've watched, like I said, I don't catch... The three of us aren't able to watch and stay up on the... The aviation my, my personalities. Is, I have plenty of listening time because I'm in the office all the time, so I can listen to stuff. But if I try to listen to videos that will intrigue me to watch them, then I just don't do it because, like today, when 
you had me watch, listen to those videos. It's like I was constantly opening the window with the video, and it's like now I'm not getting work done. So Trent, okay, yeah, the Trent videos, yeah, yeah, made Scott do homework, office yeah. work, which is why I try to listen to things that don't require me to see the video. I have to get work done. I've seen maybe a few, two or three dozen Trent Palmer videos. And he seems like in that particular airplane, very, very skilled. Um, right. Well, and I think relevant too, in that particular circumstance, he actually had an, an engine failure that he caught on video, right? And he was able to land at a low altitude. Rotex. Right. <clears throat> <laughs> Do not fly the least out the I think Rotex are great, man. Dude, they're... 2,000 hour TBOs. I talk to more people that have, you know, Continentals fail on them than Rotaxes. Well, yeah. I'm not saying, when it, rewatch the podcast, I've never been a big fan <laughs> of Continentals either. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. He's got Black a light combing tattoo. He's just, but, yeah. an area you can't show anybody. Oh, yeah. so. Well, like, you know. <laughs> hey, I fly the 0320, man. It's the way to go. Bulletproof. IO320, yeah. 0320, 0360, IO360, they're all amazing. Bulletproof. Mm-hmm. We've had uh, in an Archer, we had a crankshaft literally break in half. Engine still ran. Engine That's still unreal. ran. It's a lycoming. It's not unreal. It's a lycoming. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, what did they say? What did they say? Lycomings break down from overuse and Continentals <laughs> break down from underuse from sitting? Well, you guys that, had did I get two, that backwards? 206s with the Continentals in them, and they were all sorts of problems. IO 550s, and there was no underuse issue. But they replaced eighty something odd cylinders in five years. Uh, on two, that's unreal. Oh, those, two. those were on your two hundred sixes. What you guys follow, like the whole Mike Bush philosophy? That's that. Run that past me, real quick. The Lena Lena Mike Bush philosophy. I don't. Know well, the, yeah, well, he does like Mike the whole Bush. Lena Peak stuff, right? No, we're no. Who's no, Mike no. Bush? I I've, I've sent him a video. Man, I thought you were any, involved in aviation. They never dude. watch anything I send them to do like so, episodes. So, so so this is this. I is anyway, stopped thanks. doing homework in like sixth grade. I think I didn't do it then. <laughs> yeah. I had one point six six seven when I graduated high school. And your dad? <laughs> yeah, can, my dad sponsored you, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, that's actually that's exactly the way I've been describing it to people. Your dad is what allowed me to graduate. Yeah, because they said that to, every teacher picks a student to sponsor that is barely graduating and then they like <laughs> they they help them get over the line or whatever Papa Boris, my guy. dad my dad got lee Griffin saved my here, life saved him, my life pulled him over the line man what a guy <laughs> what a guy so um i i'm not an aviation nerd i do not like love aviation <laughs> I had to sell the I idea would, of this podcast to them. The, he has to sell it every I time de- I show up. <laughs> yeah. As much yeah. as I talk, Please he has to sell it. Yeah. One of the most technical, technologically knowledgeable people I've ever heard. Yeah, He's right. not an well, aviation nerd. That's crazy. <laughs> I, it was just by force. It was forced. It was how he grew up. I had no that's idea. The thing. He had no choice but to know all this yeah. stuff. I fought most of my formative years to not be. I thought I was predestined to be in aviation, and I fought most of it. I worked at Sam Goody. I worked at Applebee's. I worked at a car dealership. I tried everything I could to not be in aviation. My brother gave me a not-so-gentle nudge to do it because I was doing nothing with my life. And I started my instrument rating, and I went from instrument ra- I had my private shortly after I graduated high school. But then I uh, got my instrument rating after my brother kind of pushed me, watched a lot of Top Gun, and then got me through um, uh, my instrument to CFI in like 15 months. I just knocked it out. Rob was with me for some of that journey, and I failed my CFI initial. 
And the, some of the hazardous... Had, I don't even know why I'm talking about Leaf, this. I'm Leaf, like, I'm, Leaf failed at his life goals. That's how he ended up being a pilot. Lee, <laughs> Lee wanted to be a dropout deadbeat. And he tried so hard at that, and he still ended up being like a successful commercial pilot. He didn't want to. <laughs> he did everything he could to f up his life, <laughs> and he and couldn't, he couldn't even do it. it. That's, how bad, that's how that, bad he sucks. My parents that's are so how much disappointed. Of a screw up you are. You couldn't even screw up screwing up. That's right. That's right. God, I'm worthless. <laughs> anyway, where were we? Hey, man, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not different. I I fell into law. You know, I mean, I wanted to be an air traffic controller. Yeah, and you guys remember that biographical questionnaire thing that came out? From what? What was it? From air traffic. Well, you guys wouldn't have. I mean, it was an air traffic control. The FAHI changed how they decided to hire air traffic controllers about what ten years ago, and you had to pass a biographical questionnaire okay. in order to even be considered. Okay. For air traffic control employment, uh, and you failed. Yeah, I failed, man, dude. Like we had, I don't know, a hundred and. 150 people in my class. I think like six people passed it. Wow. Was it like a Hogan test? Like, what, what do you mean? Like, what kind of... I'm not sure what that is. biographical. Well, cri- yeah, well, yeah, that's what it was. They asked you questions like, what was your highest grade? You know, they, it was a multiple choice and they give you like four subjects and which of these subjects did you test highest in, in in high school? Yeah. Or what was your grade point average? Or what was your shoe that's size? Fail, fail, right. I mean, fail. it didn't... Yeah, none of it made any sense. Yeah, yeah. Right. So decide like, you know, and this was December of my senior year in mm-hmm. college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do with the rest of my life? Yeah. Go to law school. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. Yeah. I hate school. So that wouldn't have worked for me. Anyway, what, we're talking about minimum safe altitudes. Well, in road taxes. Yeah. Road taxes. Do not fly a road tax well, over Lee Griffin's house. Uh, somebody asked if. ChatGPT could fix a Rotax. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tyler How did. Can AI fix a Rotax? <laughs> so, okay. There's so much. I, we beat the dead horse, I th- or maybe not, but do we need to. Not go, enough. Do, do we need to go any further into the um, the skill level required to land, like how that comes into play? Because I feel like. What if. If we threw right your brother in, into anything, even if he's never flown it, he could, he could probably there. be fine. Yes, but then he could I, land the space shuttle. Probably, absolutely. You think so? Let's He's Joe Engel. Absolutely, that's going to go another weird direction. That's we one on thing. No, no, this is really <laughs> quick. If there is something that I think the islands and our flying and like are just being around, there's something that you kind of get in energy management. Oh yeah, and, and I think amongst all the people, if you were to give them one shot to do it, he would be as successful as anybody else at one shot. Yeah. He would. Be, how do you define? If you land short, you land short. Everybody will land short or whatever the case may be. I think he has the highest chance of being the closest. Yeah. One of the highest chances of being closest. He Probably. just has – he is so much more in tune with all that from a the earliest stages you can imagine. Four years old, six years old. He's been literally on double booster seats flying an airplane. Oh. You know, it, it's different. It, his mind is formulated to understand these things real time. Like, yeah, I can do stuff with a boat. He should fight like that. G- Chat GPT. That's what I'm saying. What's that? brother? My yeah. brother. He should what? Fight, fight Chat, Chat GPT four. Yeah. Okay. He could probably take Chat GPT. I don't know if he could take GPT four though. They say it's pretty crazy. <laughs> okay. Maybe three. Is there a yeah. three skill three, level? Well, three. Chat GPT is three point five. Ah. So there's three, which I've never played around with because it's old. But 
then 3.5 and now there's four but i don't know so if Ian catches like, that many live think, streams do you but think that this, Thomas, this is what usually happens and i Thomas edit it could, out do you think that no Thomas man i listened to the early episodes i know ai 16 what's ai 16 the ai f16 oh that's i'm He's never flown a fighter jet, but yeah, I'm just I'm saying not, I'm just, from an <laughs> there is an element I mean, of aeronautical decision making. pilot, and he couldn't beat it, so I don't think that was kind of. But there's a handful of gods we've talked about in the show. We outed Anko, outed got Lita, outed the other episodes. So I just I don't know. I think it's fun to bring up Lee's brother now yeah. that it's kind of out in the open yeah. of him being one of the gods. Yeah. <laughs> well, how's it feel living in that shadow, man? <laughs> It's it's been tough. It's been a long road. Nice and shady. See this, Lee's tan. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's I the in, difference? I live in Bismarck, in North Dakota, man. I feel like I'm more tan than you are. <laughs> My brother's a phenomenal pilot. I mean, there is. Uh, I mean, I you that if there is somebody starting their private pilot's license today, and I have seven thousand hours. The difference between my skill level and their skill level is the same difference between my skill level and my brother's skill level. It's just... He's still second to your dad, third to your grandpa, though. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know. I've heard stories about your grandfather. I bet I bet my brother's better than my grandpa was. Your grandfather was like... Who has more hours? Had less regulation to deal with and did my grandpa cooler stuff, did. though. Yeah. My grand. Yes, that doesn't necessarily mean he has better stick and rudder skills and all this stuff than my brother has. I don't know. I don't know. That's a great question. But okay, congest. What is a congested area? Let's please, Lord God, let's get this going. Right, that's a good question, man. <laughs> what is the congested area? It's the the. Uh, it's I, I always thought it was the yellow, yellow part the on yellow, the map. The yellow that's on the map. Yeah, the that's not John, true. Yeah, John and Martha King taught me that uh, on a couple was, FIRCs ago. I always ago. thought it was the yellow. Nope. nope. It's a myth. No, they're, they're, it's actually crazy what the FAA and the NTSB consider a congested area. It's almost area. all of it, isn't it? Well, yeah, the argument is there for everything, anywhere there's people. The, there's a couple NTSB decisions which say that uh, it's, uh, they say 10 houses, right? So a rural area, mm-hmm. 10 houses in a subdivision within, I don't know what it was, two miles maybe. That's a congested area. Wait, what was the stat again? Can you repeat that? I think it, I, I don't want to get it wrong. I think it's 10 houses. I think it's 10. They actually quote it in, in FA interps, which I should pull up. But it's like 10 houses in two square miles, right? That's congested. That's a lot of space. So you know, five 10 houses, houses per square mile. Potentially. If it's 10 houses per two square miles, five houses. Right. And, and then another part of this, you know, is not only congested area. Right where we have to maintain these 1,000 feet above the highest obstacle within a 2,000 feet horizontal radius, but we also have uh, open air assembly of persons. Right, so they're they're basically the same analysis. Right, and the FAA or the NTSB has said that kids at a summer camp on a dock is an open air assembly of persons. I heard about. What this if it's not an article. open air? What if it's behind a roof underneath a shelter? Well, then it's congested. Who knows, man? <laughs> it's, uh, the open air, I don't know why the distinction of the open air assembly of people. Obviously, I know they're trying to single out like an air show type thing or right. something, I guess. Or a stadium full of people or, sta- or yeah, th- whatever the case is. But if there's a roof over their head, that's just more debris to fall on them. I, like, I, don't, I don't get it. That's dumb to me. Depends on how thick that roof is. I guess. I guess. <laughs> we got Miami-Dade building standards down, down in South Florida there. That's true. A little stronger than... The typical. Yeah. Okay. Then doing much. Yeah, we gotta support snow loads, though, man. 
What's actually stronger? What's that? Say it again. I said we got to support snow loads. Yeah, What's actually true. stronger? You guys probably have a higher downward pressure. That's engineering. That's, en- well, that's en- all I know is it's like thirty grand to replace my windows with impact. I used to think that, that many I used windows. to think that you could build something that you could guaranteed. Like if you were in a hurricane zone, you could like build your house so that it was guaranteed to be safe. But then I saw that hurricane knock over that gigantic bridge. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> that thing's like, I mean, the 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 bases for that thing are like massive solid concrete things and it just like pushed it over. It's like, well, there's nothing I'm going to do to build my house strong enough to withstand that hurricane. Well, I don't know, down in Florida, you have to have like a Miami-Dade standards like every, like the poured concrete block you have to do everything yeah. with and then they offset that so there's these holes in every every seventh one you got to rebarb and pour right, but, concrete down. But and did then you some see people, the... a lot of people, if they just have the money and they just, they do a rebarb down every single one instead of every seventh or whatever. Yeah. And those things, it's like, I've seen backhoes accidentally like hit them or something and they just well, don't move. I'm sure it would. And I always thought that too. Like, oh, you just, if you want to build down there, you just build your house really strong. But then what was the last hurricane that knocked the, the bridge over to Sanibel Island? It's like it, who knows how it's like a giant, crappy that's built, but though. D- d- you can look at it. It's like the concrete giant structures the bridge is mounted to are like tipped over. It's like, well, if that can't withstand it, then how can any... I'm, I hear your point, but I mean, there's also some validity there, too. Like, did they go deep enough into bedrock? Well, maybe not, but they probably went pretty deep, deeper than you're going to go with your house. Likely, but it wouldn't have to support that kind of side load either, though. Well, that's true. The bridge itself is probably putting a lot and of leverage on it, but... and leverage. But what if the hurricane just removes all the ground that you built your house on? Then, then what? well, it's down to yeah. bedrock. Yeah, like our cottage is down to bedrock. Yeah. So no matter what the sand does, it's still the bedrock doesn't move. I mean, okay. comparatively, this, a, this has been the uh, engineering segment of the Farming Podcast. <laughs> um, Con- the geologists in the audience here, please. Congested areas. Um, Mr. Arndt, uh, I believe you had a, something to say, you, a train of thought there, or is that long gone now? Bring us bring us back. Well, yeah, no, I was just going to, I was just looking up, I pulled up an interpretation here, okay. uh, well, which, by the way, <laughs> that's you guys should take a look at from time up. to time. <laughs> uh, so, there, yeah, interpretations, and I got about halfway through it before... Start talking to me, so if I can just... Da, da, da. Oh, we can go back to talking oh, about yeah, a bridge. we can go back to bridges. <laughs> bridges. All right, okay. <laughs> bridges. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So here, here's... I got it here. So in a particular case, let's say it's in a case of Richard D. Henderson versus the FAA. The FAA summarized the NTSB's guidelines for sustaining violations of the rule in cases where pilots operated an aircraft over a small area consisting of approximately 10 houses and a school over the campus of a university over a beach area along the highway, and over a boys' camp where there were numerous people on the docks and children playing ashore, playing on the shore, right? So that's a congested area. That's the, some of the guidance that we have, right? And so the the real uh, thing to keep in mind is that, it, again, it's always, always, always a case-by-case determination. What is the ratio? Maybe this is too much, but from the cases you've seen where it's actually been escalated the and FAA individuals are in it and it's 
what is the percentage where you get people who are reasonable versus people who are like semi, maybe in the middle of... And like from an inspector standpoint? Yeah, and then like what percentage of people, individuals that you're running into are just like, they don't care, they're trying to make some sort of mark for themselves. You know, they don't care about the case, they don't care about the pilot, they just want something on they want more stuff on their resume to to further their career, which I assume happens in or other areas dicks. of bureaucracy that I know. I, I assume it's a similar in the FAA. A lot of these people are like this that, that you're not going to get anywhere with reason with them. What percentage yeah. of that? Like if you if you if you accidentally do something where you're on the edge of like let's say a gray area for lack of a better term, and it's it's somewhat dependent on the FAA, who you get at the FAA, what, what percentage, what, what are your chances at that point? I mean, it, it's, it, I'll start by saying that there's a lot of really good inspectors out there. By and large, most aviation inspectors are pretty good people. Yeah. You know, they're pilots just like the rest of us and you know, they like aviation. And that's why they have that job. You know, so by and large, most people are good. I would say it's probably, and, and I'm pretty biased or not biased, but I, I'm I'm predispositioned to hear a lot of the really bad cases just by nature of the job. So from my experience, it's about 90-10. You know, there's about 90% of the good people out there, and then there's 10% that are just a bunch of jerks. You know, okay. they'll do whatever they need to do. That's to, uh, representative of population at large anyways, basically. Right, well, that's right. Ba- you know, and I think that's fair, right? So there's there's some bad apples in every bunch. But one of the things that is certainly relevant is is how the FAA actually learns about the issue. You know, if it's a complaining party, the FAA's guidance says they have to investigate it. And in those situations, depending on what the circumstances are, you know, the pro- they're probably predispositioned to be more aggressive than they were if you voluntarily disclose something or if they learned about it through their own means. When, when somebody complains, it tends to be much more severe. Right, and that's in you know any case across the board, whether it's a you know an allegation that somebody's flying with a mental health condition and they haven't reported it, or it's flight below minimum safe altitude that we're talking about here. So, um, how the FAA learns about it and the inspector you get have a huge impact on on what their determination is going to be. Your conduct is also going to have a huge impact, right? Your if you're a jerk, your conduct, my- right? When you're talking to the FAA. Okay. They're not going to bring in, obviously, we're in the age of social media and like in regards to the maybe the, the Trent Palmer case and some of the other bigger ones that have that have come to light, um, do bailing out of his Taylor craft, things like that. You have, you have a glimpse into their aeronautical decision making, kind of their predisposition to hazardous attitudes. You have a glimpse into those things. History, a background with them, you can build like a character profile a little bit into maybe not motives necessarily, but just how they generally think and, and conduct themselves from an airmanship standpoint. And how much? So do you I guess think I that plays in. So I've never really seen the FAA look into hazardous attitudes as a basis for pursuing maybe you know, an enforcement action is over not the right word. But, right, but they will look at your prior history for sure, right? If you have a history of prior run-ins with the FAA, you know, prior compliance actions or enforcement actions or things like that, they'll I certainly mean. use that as an egg. Okay. Well, like, let's say, let's say you have, for example, 
somebody who you know uh, is is very YouTube based and they have a very prominent social media status or personality, and then a lot of their content is off airport or high performance or whatever, risky in nature, however you want to do that. And that the average pilot couldn't go do, um, how, how would that weigh in their decision-making process? I, you I, know, I don't I, necessarily I, need an answer, but I just want to talk to you about it, I guess. Right. I mean, there's always the possibility that it could weigh in, right? You know, if you have, I mean, of course, if you have a a large YouTube presence and the FAA is able to go back there and, and see, you know, a bunch of different violations or reckless behavior. Yeah, it could absolutely, you know, I mean, they're people, right? FAA inspectors are people too. Yeah. And they could see that and say, okay, well, this guy's, you know, he's a jerk. He doesn't care about the rules. He's exhibited a non-compliant attitude towards the rules mm-hmm. before. Yeah, and so now we're going to really, I wouldn't yes. have to worry about any of that. Yeah. Yeah. You would. <laughs> So now we're going to nail them. You have, have, have to fly to they get would, the violation would they, would, they, would they listen to these podcasts and be like, like if I was ever in a, a legal... Don't ask that question. Don't answer that question because now I'm going to have more nightmares. I already got Chad GPT I'm afraid I think, of. I think you'll be comfortable with my answer, Lee. The, <laughs> my answer is, is that I've never seen the FAA proactively, you know, um, um, you know, sua sponte, on their own, start an investigation because of a YouTube video or a podcast it's always because somebody files a complaint. Yeah. Right. Somebody hears you but talking now, now and they say, just... well, you said so, you said the wrong thing and now we're going to investigate. But the downside to having podcasts and the downside to having YouTube videos is that there's a permanent record of this. Pretty right. soon the FAA will just be asking GPT, do you think Lee Griffin is a bad actor? Do you think he, do you think he would violate the rules and GTP will just spit out? Yes. Lee said, I don't think it will. No, not for you. I don't think it will say that. And you know what? You'd be fine, but me. Well, I've tried to get AI to write transcripts for the show because we can't afford an actual transcriptionist. (laughs) And the AI for that with you two talking over each other, it confuses you two all the time. Yeah, it probably does. So the AI probably thinks a lot of the stuff that That Scott says is actually uh, Lee and a lot of stuff which Lee is says where I Scott. was about 15 years ago <laughs> yep. shit he says right. now right. where I was 15 yep. years ago yep <laughs> but I saw yeah okay so yeah that answers my question there so back to the Trent Palmer thing so like I, I've, I've seen some videos and I kind of have a cursory glance and understanding of the big picture of things I got to see I guess supposedly I've seen other videos of his where I've seen the airplane and then I've seen the videos supposedly, allegedly of his airplane doing these inspection passes. Okay. And they seem to be slowed down to me, which makes me try to understand like, okay, if this was real time speed, how fast would he be going? Cause that's one thing I think about if the FAA is looking well, low pass versus an inspection pass, I don't want to be going fast within reason, and I have things to talk about there, I don't want to be going fast in an inspection pass. I need the most amount of time to inspect as possible. So, obviously, Kit Fox can't do 150 knots, but you don't want to be doing 150 knots on an inspection pass. You need time to sample the information and make decisions. Right, and and actually, this came up in the hearing a little bit about, and I think Trent volunteered this voluntarily stated this information, but and, and I don't recall specifically what his speed was. I think they the recommendation for backcountry flyers is what, 70 miles an hour or something? I have because never that, seen, that, I've never seen that number. And, and, I, and I can't 
I don't recall the specific, but what it equates to is every one second is a certain distance. You know, every one second that you pass is a certain distance. So you can start gauging, you know, the landing distance available in a backcountry area, an off airport area, which makes sense. Right. So that would be his standard uh, low inspection pass speed is is whatever that is. That's 70 miles an hour. What if, FAA off airport ops guy. What if he had said from the beginning right. that I was going to land there? Was he Is he allowed to land there? Is that like if he had landed, would it have been okay? Or no? No. Well, I don't think it would have changed the analysis at all. So even if right, he had, and I think that even if he had landed, really it would have been a problem. Right, and you raise okay. a really good point. Is that it's that that's really the issue there? Is is was the landing site suitable from the get go? Because if if the thing is, I guess did he get in trouble for going around, or did he get in trouble for trying to land there to begin with? So the the latter for sure. Um, okay. Well, is my is my reading of the case because it, is is that he didn't get in trouble for going around? If he got in trouble for going around, which is what everybody's saying, and which is what initially right. it sounded like to me, but now I think of it, maybe it's not. But uh, he could have just said, "I came in too fast, and I had to go around." Right? There's no reason to ever go around ever. No, I mean <laughs> there's Scott not. Boris. There's not. But well, I mean the. The FA and the flight instructors and all the professional people will tell you that you know all the experts, all the experts, all the experts. You've got to believe experts, the experts. Experts say. Well, so here's an example, Scott. Right, so there's an NTSB case for, and it's one of the very first ones that discusses ninety one one nineteen. And it actually was before it was ninety one one nineteen. It was ninety one point seventy nine. I think back in the day. Wow, they had a lot and, less, <laughs> a lot less regs then, huh? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, that CARs. was one of them. back in Grandpa's. Yeah, this day. is FAR still. Yeah. Oh, was it FARs? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. CRs came or FARs came around what in the sixties, early sixties. I'm not an aviation nerd, dude. I don't yeah, know. I am. Anyway, okay. CR. No, I'm yeah. not. So Lee, it was, it. It was, Lee he like you, you can I'm go not on. Aviation on a, nerd. You can go on a freaking forty-minute monologue of just what? spewing aviation knowledge but knowledge. i'm not a nerd i don't <laughs> know nerd knowledge. Well, how does that how does that differ i don't know ask the lawyer <laughs> yeah, yeah legally this is, is what i do all the time dictionary.com <laughs> nerd <laughs> is lee it, you, ask chat gpt right, ask chat gpt is lee griffin a aviation nerd a person who is extremely enthusiastic and knowledgeable about a particular subject, especially one of special or niche interest. Okay. What? Guilty. In- I guess guilty. That sounds like <laughs> it, but I'm not knowledgeable. Nerd. Not th- yeah. You're not enthusiastic because like, you love it. You're just, in th- yes. you, for whatever yes. reason, but you are enthusiastic if you hear people saying something you don't agree with. That's yes. true. You get I, enthusiastic. I have a Napoleon complex. I like to act like I'm the smartest person in the room. <laughs> but I will tell you, I, I like I know that I'm not. I just like to act like that. It's just how I am. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to fight it. You're a better podcast than the pilot. We all are. You're, I mean, you know more shit than I do. So I would not say I'm a better. Po- Would you say better podcaster than a pilot? I'm a pretty good pilot. <laughs> yeah, you, you just offended him. Okay, he's pissed. All right. Call me a nerd on this. Oh, dude. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> anyway, yes, what I was yeah. saying. <laughs> <laughs> is, I like uh, my pipers and I like my Lycomings. <laughs> uh, um, anyway. Jared just asked, what's Ian drinking? Because that looked like a different glass. Yeah, that looks like. 
What was that? It looked like a little. What is Stouts that? or water? What you got? What you got? Pendleton? What you got? No, it's a. Uh, uh, it's Angel's Envy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Good for you. It's good stuff. Yeah. What, what is? What kind of? It's a bourbon. Okay. Okay. Anyway. I'm just glad Jared anyway, noticed that too. I noticed when you pulled that up a little bit because you didn't tell us you switched. The, the whiskey connoisseurs and the I didn't know I was required. Hosts. No, you weren't. You weren't. Okay. Yeah, well, we notice these things. You, well, typically I prefer you, scotch. So like this is like the closest bourbon to scotch and that's why I, I think I like it a lot. Okay. You what do you normally nerd? like scotch wise? Like Johnny Black or like a John, like <laughs> what are you into? Doers or what? Doers. Come on, man. <laughs> That's yeah. swill. No, I'm, I'm just, sorry I'm just kidding. You, <laughs> you can buy a 30. You, you, oh, you can buy a handle of doers for what? Like 30 bucks. I don't know. I don't I don't drink Costco. scotch. No, it's okay. I do uh uh my favorite's Talisker. You need like a Talisker Tenure or Talisker Storm is pretty good. Okay. I'll, I don't even know if we can get that in Ohio. Yeah, you, you can find it everywhere. Okay. Except maybe yeah. Ohio. Well, it's that like, doesn't yeah, even sound good. familiar. That doesn't Kro- even sound Kroger's familiar. Kroger's got everything. Well, there's so many obscure scotches, right? Here on market, nobody remembers any Here on market's pretty good too. <laughs> we have a g- okay, guys. Because I'm sure. Anyway, I'm in North Dakota. let's. I'll do Rob's job here. Let's get back on topic. Yes, <laughs> right. about- that's what we need. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, what I was saying is that there's this NTSB case, and I think it's at Twin Palms Airport from way back when, and in in that particular case, there's two folks flying around. I think they're put- putzing around in 150s, and Sounds there like was that. a right. There's multiple runways available there. I think okay. maybe it's just single. Even assuming it's a single, right? There's a sure. single runway, sure. and these folks, because of the wind, for whatever reason, didn't align with the runway. Significant crosswind, so they landed on a taxiway instead. Makes sense. And they and, and this was to, to Scott's earlier point about you know what happened. Would would there still be a violation if he had landed? Right. These folks landed on this taxiway. And for, I don't remember the specifics or the circumstances, but the issue was the same, that the landing site was unsuitable because there was other available runways, I think is what it was ultimately. I have a but the, the nuts and bolts is that, yeah, they landed. It's still technically a violation of the rule because the landing site itself was unsuitable. Okay. Now my question. You I, derail this again. I'm so, I'm so, no, this is not derailment. Okay. I once landed on a runway... On, I landed on the, uh, well, it would have been the south side of the runway, right side for me, as other planes were taxiing on the other side of the runway. So, like, they were taxiing on the north side of the runway back to the But the they parking, were on the, the runway? Parking area, yeah. And hypothetical. This is all scripted, but... Yeah, because in that script, there was... So, what happens A if? bunch of people doing this. Yeah, there was, everybody else was doing it, too. It's a very busy airport. Well, I and, mean, easy example. Like, what happens at Oshkosh or yeah, Sun and Fun? Well, this, you know, they're landing on taxiways. Yeah, do they? I never been. Yeah. To, okay. Well, anyway, so this is a. It was a fly-in, and people are taxiing on one side of the runway, and people are landing on the other side of the runway. So, I, everybody else is doing it. I'm like, well, f it. Whatever, I'll you, do it too. You didn't really have an option. No, if you wanted. Yeah, to I mean, I was join the fly. Right, if you wanted to make it to the fly-in, like I'm on final, and there's like three planes taxiing on the the north side of the runway, and I'm coming in to land on the south side of the runway, and it's a 150 foot wide wide runway with single engine planes on it, so there's plenty of room, but it just, I just remember feeling like I shouldn't be doing this, but everybody else is doing it, so whatever. <laughs> right. 
I mean, I guess the 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 lawyer answer is just because everybody else was doing it doesn't make it right. <laughs> no, I I'm pretty but, sure that that always flies. It <laughs> always flies, especially in court. Especially you know, I mean, if they have court. if they had a specific approval, then which I'm sure they have. Like you said, I'm sure I'm sure guaranteed they had a special <laughs> approval. Yeah. Right. So I mean, again, you know, Oshkosh, Sun and Fun, Arthur. It was just like that. Yeah, just, that. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Almost yeah. identical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly the same. Yeah. There was a control tower there too, right? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, lawn chairs. Directing traffic. Yeah. Lawn chairs yeah. and a radio. Yeah. <laughs> Archie and League. Nobody, nobody did flyovers that knocked branches off the trees no. shortly after this. No. <laughs> That's why the flying that was shut the, down. This was the last year of it. Yeah. Yeah, this was the last. <laughs> the individual who owned the street. It was yeah. too many people. That's the end of the <laughs> whole thing. No, it was. These, we were stewards at first yeah. going, what is wrong with these old dudes? Right, yeah. <laughs> were yeah, were we, there peacocks also on the runway? No, no. no this no. actually was not. 88 Scott. Delta. No, it was oh, not. This runway is <laughs> yeah. way wider it's than way 88 wider Delta. than 88 Delta and longer, but it's, it's a very popular fly-in, and it just got bigger and bigger, and. It got so big that yeah, year. That was the only was, year we went. The weather to. was just like perfect, and it was a. It took me forever to even get in the position to be on final, just because like there's planes everywhere, and everybody was just. It was so chaotic because it's all just private pilots, just like yeah, you know, everybody's just cutting everybody off, just like crazy coming in here, and everything was a crazy. I remember sitting there eating hot dogs off the grill, and like. I'm like, they're literally knocking, knocking branches, branches off, of off the trees on yeah. the top of the runway yeah. for like sport. Yeah. And I couldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah. I remember like, I don't, maybe it was you and me where we were walking out there and like these planes come over and then these branches fall off the trees. I'm like, what? I'm like, did yeah. they just hit those? And it's like, obviously they had to have because how else did they get knocked off the tree? Yeah. But, it was that, yeah. Then never again. Yeah. Flying no, at the like, airport. They canceled it after that. The gentleman yeah. who owned the port airport yeah. shut it down after that. Yeah. That wild. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it wasn't us. We just no. witnessed this. No. You were just ground observers. Yep. Yep. I wouldn't have done that because there was too much no. traffic to even buzz that place. I wouldn't have so, so the cared question to buzz is, that place. The question. I'll be right back. Oh, yeah, yeah, Go ahead. So, like, we're trying to isolate. You're, you're worried about, like, I'm landing on this side of the runway, and people are taxing out on yeah, the other one, like, and there's only so many feet between me and them. Right. It's maybe 250 but feet. But I knew that that runway is, what, 150 foot wide? Yeah. It's so, wide, real wide. So even Because you could take off, if the wind was right out of the south, you could take off sideways probably, in the cub. Yeah, in the cub, yeah. So, but my, you know, my thought was, like, I know how wide this runway is. I know I can do it, and everybody else is doing it. So I finally got fought my way in to... Being the traffic final, it's like it needed I'm, a control tower right. that day. Yeah, it was oh just yeah, insane. it was insane. Yeah, so I like, well, whatever. Everybody else is doing it. So like, for you, so you would be wondering if an FA inspector was like, on the right, ground, if somebody happened to be there, yeah. and saw us doing that, would they have like flagged everybody and like, you know, if that guy on the snowmobile, he certainly would have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right that dude oh yeah, yeah. yeah. there's a fly-in yeah. <laughs> yeah drop the hammer right he's writing down i'm end making num- a call he's, oh yeah he's writing down end numbers Everybody. he's got his little book out there yeah he's got his <laughs> ticket book putting putting him under your windshield wiper oh yeah blew away yeah joke's on you dude oh my gosh <laughs> but so i mean it just so, 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 well, so ask that the, question. the question yeah. is if there was an faa guy there let's say the guy from the snowmobile 
remember the snowmobile story earlier we were talking about that called on the the guy in Alaska? No idea what you're talking about. There's a snowmobile yeah, trail. You, he you came told out us the story. Bed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, okay, all right. I thought that was <laughs> yeah, good. He tricked me. Very good. <laughs> You you drink like four of these, and you think everybody else forgets things too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so let's say that guy is at this airport. Am I in trouble during this fly? Yeah, during this fly that needed a control tower, but just it was so unexpected. Yeah, Yeah. there wasn't one. Is he? Is he? Does he got his notebook out and he's writing down tail numbers? Write down all tail numbers. Yeah, Uh, probably not. Luckily, yours are in vinyl. (laughs) Probably not, but I mean. <laughs> the, the risk is still there, man. I mean, it could have. Yeah, I, I was at the flying, but when I came in, there was I came in earlier than you. You might have either came in. And there was yeah. no. Yeah, there wasn't anybody else. But yeah. I saw that from the ground. It was nuts. Yeah. Anyway, um, branches. If people are knocking off branches at the tree at the end of the runway, that's just the plain reckless operation. There's reg, right? Yeah. If someone's playing maybe. that game, maybe. Like that game might have been invented, right? I mean, day. it's the well, it's the same argument you would make about water skiing an airplane. You know, I mean, it, the, is there? You take a look at Part Ninety One. Is well, anywhere the, in there the say branches, you can't run an airplane into a tree? The branches, no. The branches thing, you. That's probably you could a probably lot of get stuff off on that Ohio. just saying I came in too low and I hit the branches. So I went well, around. I mean, I've seen some so goofy stuff. Even, that was even the goofiest stuff I've ever like one of the goofiest things I've ever seen up here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. But so, so taking what Scott said as true, even assuming that we're actually true, we don't what the FAA would do is re-examine you, give you a 709 ride, right? Your competency is in question for choosing that flight profile. Yeah. Okay. But to to kind of finish the analysis, what is you know, 91 13 I think it's I think it's specific to endangering persons or property on the ground. Yeah. Is a tree a property? No, right? So the tree the tree wouldn't be property. So the the question would be I mean it depends on where you're headed, right? If you're away from if you're going away from the airport and you're flying over a forest, right? And there's nobody around for miles and miles and miles and you clip a, a branch or two, probably not a violation anywhere, right? Cuz the only person you're endangering is yourself. And typically, the FAA is not going to say by endangering yourself that you're endangering persons, right? Because the the rule is, yeah, persons uh, or property is typically of not. another. Okay, that's the issue, right? So no person may operate an aircraft at a care in a careless or reckless manner so as to endanger the life or property of another, right? So you can jeopardize your own life, but you can't jeopardize the life of another, right? So the the real issue where people get in trouble, particularly with water skiing aircraft, is when there's another passenger on board. Oh, okay. Right, because you're jeopardizing that passenger's life by doing something that the FAA considers careless or reckless. Hmm. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Water. So skiing I think the same analysis would apply. Doesn't know is when you touch your wheels use, on the water. Yeah, you use your wheels as floats. You hydroplane. Like hydroplaning your yeah. wheels across yeah. the water. Yeah, you're actually hydroplaning. Yes. Okay. 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 I'm familiar with planing. <laughs> a few areas. Making sure. I'm not familiar with planing. Steer towards the boat direction. I, my knowledge comes up to somewhat near Lee's aviation knowledge. Um, somewhat near. Anyway. Anyway. 
the congested areas. This was a bullet point while we started episode two. Have we covered that to, for the so, most part? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think we talked about it. I mean, again, it's to recap, congested area can mean a lot of different things. It's not the yellow area on the sectional map. Yep. What is it, that yellow area? That's the area by which a town is illuminated at night. It's what, right? So it's from how you perceive it at night. Well, that's a good question. What? 10,000 mm. 10, feet. Sure. The yellow part of the map is for like night navigation to what? Right? I leave the charting to the other departments. Okay. I've I've heard that. I don't know how true it is, but I've heard it's the the yellow part of the map, the sectional is to help you navigate at night because it's supposed to look somewhat like the lights on the ground at night. Right. Not to well, denote a congested area. But if there's that many lights, it's probably considered a congested area. Yeah, but but I would Ian say has, I would say certainly, right? You, you know, like yeah. a square is a rectangle or yeah, square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square kind of thing. Yeah. Right. So a congested area a a a yellow area on a map is always going to be a congested area, but the reverse yep. is not also true. Right. Yep. So there are areas that are not illuminated as yellow that are also congested. Yeah. Okay, so if you're over yellow, for sure, 100%, it's considered a congested area. Probably. 1,000%. Probably. No. See, I'm, learning, I'm learning the lingo. I'm, I'm learning the lingo thousand, here. I'm going no, nothing, nothing's defended it. I'm learning the lingo here, Leo. We right? can't defend ourselves on stuff that should be like a mail-it-in type solution, let alone if you crash somewhere that's yellow on a sectional, like you're screwed. I, is, I mean, from a congested standpoint, there's just no way around it. In my... I'm going to finish my online software degree right now, and I'm going to go find an online law degree, pass the bar. Yeah, ask Chad GPT. Yeah. That's how, yeah that's the how yellow in the sectional is how the cities look at night from 10,000 feet. There you go. And that's its only purpose. Yeah. Yeah, not as distinguishing congested versus non-congested. Right. Or non-popular. But it is a fair assumption that all of those yellow areas are also congested areas. Yes, sir. Yes. I agree. We are covering ground tonight. Yes. Is was there I assume there was maybe not. I assume there was another bullet point other than congested areas. Well, there's a lot of other definitions in the regulation which I think are also important. What what would be the next one other than well, congestion? Well, and I shouldn't I, I shouldn't say definitions. I should say terms because none of these terms are defined in the FARs anywhere. Okay. Which is helpful. Right. For So, and we talked about congested areas. We covered mostly open air assemblies of persons. Okay. Right. So now we're on. And, and I think that the really important part to illustrate here is that and this one is one that nobody ever talks about. Right. We talk about congested areas. We talk about open air assembly of persons occasionally. Uh-huh. We talk about open water. Yep. Right. We talk about sparsely populated areas. Yep. Right. By which in, in you know, and just to be clear here, over open water or over a sparsely populated area, you, you don't have an altitude restriction. Just 500 feet away. Just 500 feet away, yeah. right? 500 away from persons, vessels, structures, or vehicles, right? There's also something that's an other than congested area. Uh-huh. Right? That's a term. Other than congested area. Okay. okay. In an area that's an other than congested area, which is something that is more populated than a sparsely populated area, which by definition also has some level of population, is in in the minimum altitude for an other than congested area is 500 feet above the surface, right? So in in all the years that I've been a lawyer in practicing aviation law, I've never ever heard anybody ever distinguish between a congested area and a sparsely populated area or open water. It's always been between congested and other than congested. 
That's always no, been no. Germany. Sorry, I uh, maybe I misspoke. It's always been congested or sparsely populated. Gotcha. And that's only that's the only analysis that's ever discussed anywhere, right? Okay. So open but there's water this whole doesn't level. mean anything. Is that well, open water does, right? So because uh, most of our low here. flying was over open water. Right, like the and banner that's towing 100% I did, fine. Okay. That was the open water along the beach. It was like very clear, the profile, because it's like you need to tow an advertisement banner. People aren't paying you to tow a banner unless there's a bunch of people there. So like right. they had a bunch of stuff we had to read with the banner company that lawyers drew up about how we could angle the plane and what altitudes and how close we could be at the beach. They angled the banners aerodynamically mm-hmm. so that if you weren't hitting that perfectly, the the boss was going like, oh my gosh, we're violating FAR. No, it's like you didn't have the plane the correct position for the angle we fly the banner at. Like that was so drilled in to to go up and down the South Beach of Miami, obviously be in compliance with the law and also maximize how many eyeballs hit that Geico gecko on the back. But right. anyway, that's, that's we, we were technically considered open water though. Even though what if we there were, were a bunch of boats, though? I'm sure there's boats. There's always a bunch of boats. Yeah. We always had to be 500 feet AGL. high, 500 feet off of the beach. Well, I guess it'd be I sea level there. Is so. what they did? Yeah, yeah, but what if there was enough boats to make it congested? Right? I don't know. Right. Well, and that's the issue is we don't know. Right? You never know. What if that guy on the There have been a lot of people that got in trouble... That snowmobile guy could be on the beach. You never <laughs> that know. thing will drive you fine never, on the sand. You never know what that guy's going to pop up. Where's Waldo? <laughs> 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 it might be a jet ski. Right, he Dude, might be on a jet ski. People who snowmobiles own jet skis. Yeah, that's a fact, right? Those go hand in hand. And you know he's got a little notebook, and he's writing down numbers. Dude, like I said, there's 10% about bad ASIs, aviation safety inspectors. And they do that stuff, man. Like they'll, it, particularly in Hawaii, man. If you're flying around in Hawaii in a general aviation aircraft, be careful, particularly for cloud clearance requirements, because there are aviation safety inspectors that'll sit around with a giant pair of binocs and <laughs> try to get you. Good God! Wow! I yeah, just, never guess that. That's sad. Yeah, particularly for skydivers. I feel, I yeah. feel bad for them. Me too. They don't have that's, anywhere else to fly. Oh, right. Get a sunburn, <laughs> right? Like, is that that's what they're like? <laughs> yeah. I hope you spill your pina colada. Create <laughs> yeah. a support group, right? <laughs> anyway, they're just reaching Ian, out. They need help. But right. they're reaching yeah, out. It's a, it's a cry for help. It's a cry for help. <laughs> exactly. I feel like we cut Ian off of an intelligent point here. Well, I mean, I was just gonna keep uh, address what Scott was saying earlier. Um, Again, so the the issue that nobody ever talks about is what is in other than congested area, right? We talk about, again, we talk about congested areas. We talk about sparsely populated areas. We talk about open water. But nobody ever talks about what is in other than congested area. Where is the minimum that you need to be 500 feet above? Okay. And I have no idea. Oh, Oh, I have an answer. Dude, like, I I don't have an answer to that. Like I said, nobody talks about it. I have no idea. Because we know that a con- an so open-air assembly of persons is like, like, is like gray, 10 kids. They probably just leave it like kind of a gray area so they can nail you whenever they want to. Right, but I've also never seen anybody get violated for that. No. You know where it is? Or you know what it is? I don't know where it is. doesn't define matter. Define what we're saying. <laughs> I'm not sure what we're saying. I don't know how to define it. But I will, <laughs> se- I will reference 191119A anywhere. Mm-hmm. An altitude allowing if power unit fails an emergency landing without undue hazard to person's property on the surface. Right. Right. And, that's and your just that's your answer. Well, 
That, that's <laughs> start law That's right the here. way I would handle. That, no, no, no. That's the that's way I would handle Lee it. Lee Griffin, LLG. Well, so consider this, Lee. So all the other ones are prescriptive. I'll Cannot be lower it. than X. Yes. Right. Yeah. Cannot lower be lower than X. Either five hundred feet or a thousand feet or within five hundred feet of people or persons or whatever. So the A is more restrictive than that. A says that even if you're over a congested area, right? Let's take. I don't know, sprawling metropolis of LA. Yep. But for our hypothetical, we'll say there's zero airports anywhere within that region at all. Makes sense. You know, within 50 miles. Yep. Right. So you're a thousand feet above them. And, you know, what's the worst glide ratio aircraft you can think of? That's not enough. Thousand feet above is not enough. Exactly. So that's what A is for. A A is for those situations where you have to be even higher than the minimum. Exactly. I agree with you. I, yeah. If I picture I have my family on board, I'm not going to be a 1,000 feet above the highest skyscraper in New York City or downtown L.A. It's not going to happen. Right. So. Right. How yeah. high are you so, I be? mean, there's just so many things to think about in this one regulation. I have that not given that any trouble. thought. I don't know. What's the high? I don't even know how tall the highest building in New York or L.A. 1776. is. 1776. Is that what it is? I, I believe they made it 1776. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they made it 1776. That's tall. Yeah. That's what the spire goes to. And if you're in within 2,000 feet. Oh, yeah. here, here's another interesting thing about the regulation. That sure that's what it is. A lot of people I don't would, think about, right? I so if the regulation says, yeah. Ian, you have the floor. <laughs> no, Please go ahead, guys. Give me in the floor. Sorry. This is, this is, There's uh, a lot going on, Ian. This is the second week yeah, in, of been the doing series. This week two. Yeah, this is We've week, actually not taken a break. Week two is... We've been doing this for two weeks straight. Yeah, yeah and week two always gets a little blurry. Yeah. Okay. You're saying something intelligent, I hope. It has to be well, one of these two. Yeah, so th- this is something that I've considered, which, again, I don't really think is necessarily all that likely or particularly relevant, but I like to share it with you because these are the things I think about at night. So one of the things that 91.119B says is that you have to be a thousand feet above the highest obstacle within 2,000 horizontal feet, within a two, within a horizontal radius of 2,000 feet of the aircraft, right? Yep. So what happens here if there's a bridge in a congested area and you're 1,000 feet away from that bridge by flying underneath it. Is that a violation or not? Point. Are there any bridges that are that high? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think there are a couple bridges where you could potentially be yeah, this is a 1,000 thousand feet, feet below above. them. Right, I mean, and, and again, this, this is, is hypothetical territory, right? Exactly. Above? Lee, you got it, right, man? It says you have to be above that. Yeah, because there's only one way. The engine power unit fails, right? There's only one way you're going. You're not going up. I mean, maybe momentarily, but, yeah, but if you're if there's, down. If you're in a sparsely populated area with a really tall bridge and you fly underneath it, then technically you should be fine. But but now now let's let's bring in this NTSB case law that we learned about earlier that says ten kids on a dock is a congested area. So what do they think about traffic running across a bridge? Well, it's a thousand foot high, and I'm at. Kids are above you at that point. Water level, right? The kids are even above if you. Yeah, even if they're above you, right? So, it, but we consider that if if the FAA says that's congested, then what? Now we I have to be a thousand just, feet above that. I guess it just depends that. on if that guy's there with his snowmobile. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would be the guy. That would be the jerk that would do it. You know. Yeah. This is. I, I think this is good. I think I got Lee reading the FARs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's a yeah. There's some big. Big areas under some bridges. 
Yeah. That, like, you could be some serious footage away from things right, and, and fly under it. In, I, I, in, in Bob, you, you make a good point because this ties into exactly what I was saying about what is an other than congested area. Yeah. You're right. We know it's something less than a congested area. We know it's something more than a sparsely populated area. We know that a congested area can be like 10 kids in a dock. Yeah. So does that mean that every single bridge is is potentially an other than congested area by which you need to be 500 feet above it? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Probably doesn't come up too much, I guess, flying under. No, I, I mean, again, it almost never does, but yeah. occasionally... We just think, we don't even have that many mountains. You think West Virginia though, and Southern Ohio, I fly over, or I drive over to get up yeah. here from Southern Florida to do recordings. Like even there, there's some bridges. Yeah, I don't know if they're a thousand foot though. I don't know either. I know they got ODOT cameras there. Yeah, so sometimes can be cause some issues. So this says in ninety one one nineteen C. It says, except over open water or sparsely populated areas. In those cases, the aircraft may not be operated closer than 500 feet to any person, vehicle, vessel, vehicle, or structure. So right. how tall is that? Can I be, is there a 600 foot wide, 600 feet is being somewhat generous, because um, you're going to be, you know, 20 to 30 feet off the water, which feels like on the water when you're going cruise speed. Um so if you're at, you know, 30 feet above the water and plus or minus a little bit above you, and then your 500 legal requirement, so I'm saying 600, like, is there a bridge that has, has 600 feet between the water surface and the bottom of the bridge? I, like, I have no idea. That's I'm 600 sure, feet sounds I'm like sure a lot. sure there is. It's 600 feet. Big, yeah, a big I, bridge. But no, no, no. 600 feet, that's a lot. There's some... Big bridges. There's some tall. You're, yeah, you really don't even tall. You have to go to a mountainous area to hit some bridges that are like that. Six six hundred feet. It's not. Am I nuts? Your your average no. bridge is not like that. But there's I'm still enough, trying to find out the tallest enough, building in New York there's City. There's enough bridges that would easily do that, though. I feel like I don't know. I'm not a bridge expert, despite our commentary about structural engineering and bridges a bit recently on the show. I can't remember if that's that. That's I'm trying to find that. All right, here, 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 Lee, here, just, away, I bro. just Googled this. It says the Royal jo- Royal Gorge Bridge and Park is 955 feet. What's that? What is that thing? Oh. Is that the tallest one in the world, or what is that? Well, in the U.S., in the U.S., it's in Canyon, County, uh, Canyon City, Colorado. Is that over the, what is that over? So that's the maximum. You think one-third of that. There's got to start to be a decent amount of bridges throughout the United States. Perhaps. Right. I mean, the the point is, is that it's possible, right? I mean, you can have... There's no doubt that it's possible. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's most bridges. That may be no. some major bridges. I mean, most bridges hop like Beaver Creek in my backyard, which are like six feet off the ground, you know? Ex- well, exactly. And I'm thinking Port whatever... Clinton Bridge... Yeah, that's not 600 feet. No. Not even close. Um, that's a big bridge. Key West, like, what is that? That's There's no way. I have no idea. Oh, it's flat, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's 100 yeah. feet. Well, yeah. There's some fixed bridges in Florida. 130-foot Westport. Didn't even have to open up the bridge. Yeah, but six times that, then, is what I'm saying. To be 500 feet away from any structure... 
You got to have some right. latitude for you not being perfectly on the deck yeah. in the height of your airplane if we're really getting nuts. And you're not going to be perfectly on the deck. If you're going 170 right. knots, 30 feet is might as well be what wheels touching. Yeah. Well, and the assumption there too is, is that that is a sparsely populated area, right? I mean, what if it's an other than congested area or it says over area? open water, if it's over open water, but the, and I know there's a lot of, I, feel like we're I don't think they're, they're I not like exclusive. We're focusing on something that's like Man, never, it, never going to come up. I wouldn't disagree with that, but it's probably okay. very niche. Yeah. I feel like this is more I of an. Feel like I feel like this is more than ex, more of an I, example and a thought yeah. exercise, and we've turned the, it into a literal, the, which yeah. isn't surprising. The, but oh. the idea of what a hey Rob, my, my thing says the recording stopped. Oh really? Yeah. Um. Mm. So my it says browser prevented rec- prevented recording. Recommend refreshing. Oh, hit the refresh button. See what it does. Oh boy. Here we good, go. Good talking with you, Ian. Bye, Ian. All right. Hit Bye. refresh. Later, guys. Best Bye. of luck. Best of luck. Yeah. Try your best. Oh, he's gone. He's, May- he might come right back. Maybe he'll come back, hopefully. I thought, I thought he was a great guest either way, though. The last couple weeks he's been on. Well, I mean, I've talked over him the whole time, and here he comes. Oh, nice. He can figure yeah, out is, technology. Is my audio just dead? Okay. Um, I've... We've gotten to the point now, technologically, where I've got a couple backups, so we should be all right, even if it did on the software we're using. The video might be messed up, but that's all right. So, uh, yeah, where, where, where were we? So, yeah, I mean, there obviously there's a ton of gray areas subject to interpretation, and that's, I guess, as us as pilots, you need to be conservative on your end. And I think, like, in in, in regards to the Trent Palmer situation... I mean, I feel like what I know of him and the the videos of him, he seems like he's pretty conservative. Uh, I feel like mm-hmm. he doesn't just go do things willy-nilly. I feel like he, he thinks things out. I don't want to say exit strategy. It's not the term that I want, but he has an out. I feel like it's well thought out and he's conservative in his aeronautical decision-making. And so I don't think... And when He tries to follow the rules. He tries to follow... Well, I think he does follow the rules. I haven't yeah. seen anything where he hasn't. I mean, I haven't watched that much, but it doesn't seem like he does. But I understand how he could be a target because that type of flying, there's just this underlying inherent mm, thought where it's like, oh, they're they're a maverick. They're a rule breaker. And it's like, no, they're just exercising what aviation allows them to do. You shouldn't yeah. be landing on non-runways. Yeah. Yeah, you're landing on that right. goat path, even though it's perfectly smooth and five miles long. Like, yeah, you should be able to do that. And uh, guys right. all over Alaska are doing something similar, and it's okay. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of underlying things, and, and I don't know why he's got targeted per se. Um, it's very interesting to me. Um, I don't have all the details of, like, the video, like, the, like the, the, the detail in the video. His videos. buddy lived next door to a Karen. Yeah, well, you know, you ha- you'll you have that. You'll have that. Very accurate. <laughs> you'll have that. I would like to see better footage and not slowed down. The ones I saw were slowed down. I didn't think there was any v- footage of the actual... Somebody had him departing on a... It was When he went around, somebody somebody's uh, security camera security caught Security camera right? caught him. I don't think that's... Yeah. Nobody's seen that publicly, though. Other than I thought other they than released just, it, but just I don't, plain I don't know. silly. 
yeah, Brian. Yeah. Right, that's where I saw it. That dude, he's got all the commentary, and it's like a lot of satire in there. Yeah, that was an RC plane, Lee. That was not Trent Palmer's plane. That was a... Huh? Okay, I'm not... I don't know that. I didn't watch it. I don't know. Oh, yeah. my God. That's I funny. How am it. I supposed to ask that's an RC I, plane? I just listened to it. I didn't... How do you know that's an RC plane? He said, he said in the video, oh, on his high pass, he did a high pass, and he shows it, and the plane goes straight up. There's a bunch of like barrel rolls straight up in the air and then like I didn't, falls I didn't straight pay to that the ground and recovers. I didn't pay that much attention to it. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, no, there's no I don't think way. I don't think the footage is is public. Okay. I don't yeah, right. and I don't think it will be either at least as far as unless like Trent were to release whatever he has, but the the case was actually pretty interesting because the video that the FAA tried to introduce was actually somebody busting out their cell phone and recording, like a laptop recording. Yeah, they were, yeah, they they were a recording, the recording of the right. video. Right. Yeah. That's, and so yeah, there, that's yeah there's said. something in law that we call the best evidence rule. Yeah. Which basically says that, yeah, that is not obviously the best evidence and therefore it should be inadmissible. Yes. And in this case it was, right? So it wasn't really considered and none of the testimony concerning the video was considered either. Okay. Right. So, I mean, for for all intents and purposes, like we were talking about, two weeks ago was direct evidence versus circumstantial evidence. Yeah. Kind of boils all back down to that. You don't need direct evidence to have an FAA prove their case in an NTSB court. And so I guess why is, why is the NTSB FAA like, I know they're all federal like um, entities. Why Mm -hmm. are they, exempt from some of the same rules like I would be if I were like caught shoplifting. Like right. So he had a jury of your peers. What happened to that? Right. Uh, it's not well, a criminal yeah. proceeding. Is the real answer, right? It's not a criminal proceeding. Of, it's an administrative proceeding under the administrative procedure right. act. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Pilot's I guess. license is a privilege, not a right, so they don't have to go through is that correct? Yeah. No? I mean, well more or less, right? It's yeah. it's in it's in it's the same Con, it, whether the FAA is coming after your certificates or they're trying to hit you with a civil monetary penalty, same analysis, mm. right? It's an administrative proceeding. It's civil. Mm-hmm. It's not criminal. If, if right? there was so something in the Constitution that said everybody has a right to a pilot's license, then it would probably have to be different, but because it, there's not. Right. You know? Right. Or if they said that administrative proceeding, proceedings are held to the same burden as criminal proceedings are, then... Yeah. yeah. But right, then we have a lot so, more protection. You're saying more. we like another amendment. Amendment is needed. Another we need, amendment. We need somebody to take some action here at this so, 2023 reauthorization bill of the FAA to institute yeah. some more protections oh, for pilots. We defund, need a pilot's bill of rights. Defund 2.0. the FAA. <laughs> you hear it here first. You hear you heard it here first. Scott hey. Boris, defund the FAA. That's my defund master the plan with the show, though. We need to get it. We need to reach critical mass with the show, and then it's just going to be a. Like a political wing for action. Yep. We're going to be Deep driving fun. down laws through, you know, crowds outside the FA headquarters of foreign podcast yeah. listeners. Yeah. Demanding justice. No justice. No we'll start peace. burning stores and. <laughs> yeah, right. Start flipping cars. Yeah. Yep. No justice, no peace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no justice, no flights. I don't know. Yeah. Um, where I, I didn't time this one. Um, but it's I feel like to, yeah, it's got to be there because. Is, is there any more bullet time. points to this before we wrap it up? Oh my god! No, it's I think I covered just about 
every last little thing I wanted to talk about, 91-119. Okay. 91-119, ladies and gentlemen. Ian Arndt, aviation attorney extraordinaire. Thank you for coming on, Ian. It's yeah, been a, a pleasure. Thank you. Um, Probably our most knowledgeable. I, I did. I, that's on the title of the oh, okay. live stream right. I put. We finally got someone who knows something yeah. about aviation on yeah, the show, which is... We don't have we anybody don't have, shit about it. No, it's been lacking a lot. Our, <laughs> anyway, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you for thanks, listening Ian. to the show uh, and supporting yep. the show, everybody, over the years. It's been uh, incredible. That's all I got. Take care. Same. See you guys. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Later.